Hi, I'm Nick Gill, International Strength and Conditioning Coach. I've been working with the All Blacks for the past 15 years and have been part of two successful Rugby World Cups. I love to coach rugby players and I love to see them succeed on and off the field. And now, I can be part of your rugby journey. This episode is brought to you by Perform. Perform will help you dominate on the pitch, push for selection, and reach your full potential. If you've ever wondered how top rugby players structure their training, when they work on speed, what they do in the gym, how they become match fit, how they recover, and finally, how much they eat, we provide you with the blueprint by sharing all of Gilly's tried and tested training methods and coaching education with you in our Perform membership. As a listener of the Rugby Ready podcast, you get to save 50% off your first four weeks by using the code podcast at checkout. Go to www.rugbyready.ca backslash perform and sign up today. Yeah, so first off, thanks for having us, Bev. Uh, Bevan, I hope it's okay I call you Bev. That's fine. Uh, basically, from my side, so I started coaching in 2015. Uh, always loved playing sport. I played rugby for a long time. And I, I stopped playing due to issues with concussion, but I always wanted to stay involved in the game and helping athletes to develop. So basically what I chose to do was quit a, a really sort of high paying job at the time working in construction and pursue coaching full time. And that over sort of a long period of time led me into this moment I find myself in now where I'm working uh, with Dr. Nick Gill. So a little bit of CrossFit coaching, uh, lots of personal training. I worked in a rugby academy and uh, I started online coaching five years ago, which was nice because that was before the pandemic. So I was a little bit prepared for when that happened. And then that kind of led me into approaching Gilly and telling him who I am, what I'm doing, and uh, really, the way we met was I wanted to just ask him some questions. Okay. Did you get those questions answered? So it was kind of funny. The way that it worked, it was it was shocking, actually. So I took a page from Tim Ferriss. I found his email online. And I said, okay, I'm going to reach out to him. So I was trying to be really detailed and respect his time. And I had all these questions mapped out. And then I got this email back like a month later. Typical Typical Kiwi away on vacation, no work. Um, and then uh, he says, yeah, mate, uh, I'm keen to chat and start an online coaching business. Are you keen? And I was like, I thought I was getting spam. Back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's how it started. <laughs> well, uh, Nick's certainly not on holiday at the moment because this is probably a big uh, crunch time in the All Blacks uh, season. So, Dr. Nick Gill, welcome to the podcast. And uh, as much as a lot of people are already going to know a lot about you, um, give us a little bit about your background. Um, hey, Bev, good to see you, mate. Um, I suppose I've been I've been working in rugby for. I think it's about 22 years now. Um, played rugby myself. Um, went to university for about eight years because I didn't think I knew enough to to go out there and help people. So um, spent a wee, 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 wee bit of time learning a lot about um, strength and power and recovery and things like that. So, um, yeah, I've been working with uh, the All Blacks for this is my 16th year. Um, every year is different. Every year is a huge challenge and 
um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I've been doing it for a while. I've learned a lot. And and Tyler's a little bit, he's told a couple of fibs there. Like he basically texted me and emailed me almost every three hours for about four weeks. But the only reason I reached out to him is because he's so annoying. Like a fire, whack it. And, um, but yeah, then I met Tyler and yeah, we've, we've kicked off this little, this little project, which has just been so cool. It's been really good. So I'm really excited about where we can take it and, and, and how many people we can help, um, you know, achieve their goals in, in rugby union, the, the, the game played in heaven. Okay. You mentioned, Tyler, that uh, through the COVID period, you know, being an online coach prior to that, but, I mean, certainly online coaching has, you know, leapt ahead and, you know, leaps and bounds since then. And the ability to access really high-quality education, especially in and around strength and conditioning, um, did you see a gap in the market that you that could be filled? Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially – Especially with rugby, you know, we, I had done some research prior to speaking with Gilly about what, what was out there and what the athletes' needs are. And, and what I really found working in the rugby academy I was in at the time was it's it's really hard for one coach to manage, say, 40 or more athletes um, because they don't necessarily get that one enough one-on-one time with you. So it really made me think like, OK, how could I make this how could I make this process better for the individual athlete? And really look at providing, you know, taking the model that I was doing with my clients, mainly who wanted to be healthy, fitter, um, live longer, be more self-confident. So how could we take that sort of same model and use that with rugby players that are either, you know, playing at the club level or playing at the highest level of the game? So they get one-on-one service that they need. Yeah. Okay. And Gilly, I'm sure over the course of your career, you've seen a lot of uh, mistakes being made out there in the rugby preparation space, and this gave you an opportunity to maybe help educate in that uh, in that area where you felt that there were maybe a lot of amateur and club rugby players that could do things better. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think um, I started out as a teacher, and education massive. Um, you know, as a coach, uh, that's essentially what we are, is, is trying to provide athletes um, at whatever level um, with with knowledge and with expertise to help them do things well. Um, and, and you know, there's so many Instagram coaches out there that, that sort of, uh, you know, people grab onto that aren't necessarily the right ways or the best things to be doing for, for different people. So, yeah, no, it's just, it's just awesome to be able to, to reach a, a bigger audience um, and yeah, and, and provide a lot of help, I suppose, um, at a high level. Yeah, okay. And Tyler, you've also recognised that there's uh, other platforms out there that are trying to, you know, uh, disseminate this really solid information into a larger audience. And so you've made a strategic partnership with Hexus, the nutrition app, because nutrition plays uh, a very, very big role in the success of a strength and tra- uh, conditioning program. Yeah, correct. Like, and you know, Again, when you work one-on-one with the athletes and you find, okay, we're going to start to educate you on, you know, how many calories you need to be eating per day based on your energy output. Here's, you know, sort of the amount of protein you need based on your goals of if you're looking, you know, to build lean mass. Then how do you coach that athlete to lose lean mass or lose fat mass rather? Um, And it can be a really time-consuming process. And then, you know, just like I had reached out to Gilly, um, David from Hexus reached out to us and he basically had this perfect solution 
to help our athletes. So we decided to integrate that into our memberships and one-on-one coaching. And the feedback that we're getting is great. Like um, pretty much on all of our one-on-one coaching clients, we track their body weight each week and loads of the guys who signed up, they all said the same thing. Hey, I need to get fitter and faster. And one of the things that I love from Gilly was he said, okay, so instead of thinking about the athletes getting fitter and faster, what if they need to lose some body fat in order to achieve that rather than, you know, just focusing on the fitness aspect or conditioning. So sure enough, I communicate that through to the guys and then they start losing body fat and the app basically takes care of all that work for us, which is great. Okay. Well, today I really want to focus on what it looks like for the preseason in terms of a rugby player's preparation. And I know that, Gilly, uh, before we even talk about strength and conditioning, I want to talk about what you th- see as two of the big rocks in terms of preparation of an athlete, and that's recovery and nutrition, um, sleep and nutrition. How important is that in the preparation of an athlete in their preseason? Yeah, well, yeah, good question. It's actually um, it's actually pretty important for the athlete all year round, to be fair. Um, yeah. But I think in the preseason, typically athletes are probably probably getting more work in and and, and doing more training. Um, and so, you know, it's it, it's it's not rocket science that um, you sort of can't out train a bad diet. Um, you can't recover if you're not sleeping enough. Um, so I think in the preseason, when typically you're training harder and longer. Um, you know the importance of nutrition and, and sleep are just are just magnified. Um, you, you you need to you're trying to realise the gains of from your training and and you can't really achieve that unless you're eating well and sleeping lots. Yeah, yeah. When you talk about preseason, however, like this is probably you know how long is a piece of string? And I know that a social media question came in when we knew that we were recording this podcast, asking the question, you know. When, how far out from your first game of the season does preseason start? Is that something that you can answer, Gilly? Well, like you can't really answer it easily because every um, every country, every every level of play is different in terms of the windows for a preseason. Um, yeah, I know, yeah. Like for the All Blacks, for example, we have three we have three months between our last game and our first game. Um, yep. And so the preseason is typically about eight weeks. Um, but for a club player or a provincial player, then you know the preseason could be significantly longer than that. Um, so it's really looking at looking at w- when your start date is and and, and working backwards and, and figuring out how much time you do have. Um, yep. Ideally, you'd have three or four months to get ready for a solid season. Um, and, and lots of people have that much time, and some don't. Okay. Um, you. We've got a preseason. Uh, if we think of an atypical club rugby player, um, because I'm sure the All Blacks have already got your expertise all over their programs, but if we, we think about the amateur player or the, the player that's playing at a semi-elite level as such, in that preseason, you know, wh- what are some of the areas that they're going to be focusing on? Well, I think you know, it comes down to two things, in my opinion, and that's um, the individual in terms of their, their strengths and weaknesses um, and their position. Um, because you know the positional demands are different in rugby union. You know the first five eight versus a prop, um, and and so I think that that's the first thing is understanding your needs as an individual. Um, but it's a collision sport, and um, there's a whole lot of forces involved in a collision. Um, and so most of most of the strength training and work we do in the gym, you know, a lot of people think it's mainly around power and speed development to try and be quicker, but 
um, or be more powerful in the in the contact situation. But we need to be strong because you know you're, you're you're getting hit pretty hard by one or two or three different people at a time, and you've got your your muscles and your tendons need to be able to withstand those forces. So, so a big part of our strength training in the off season and preseason is to get get better ready, really get the body yep. in a place where it's strong. It's strong, wicked foundation. You've got good muscle mass on your body. Um, you know, we're not like American football where we wear pads. You know, our padding is our muscle. Um, and so so we need to be the, focusing on those sorts of things. Um, you know, if we jump, jump out to an outside back, then, you know, the collisions aren't as frequent or maybe not quite as intense, but the outside backs need to be able to run fast repetitively for 80 minutes. Um, so there's sort of two, two, two key areas that we need to look at, and that's our our running needs and our gym needs. Okay. Describe to the listeners if they're thinking critically about the difference between periodizing strength or uh, muscle mass gain versus injury prevention and conditioning. You know, what are you doing in the gym um, that's strategically trying to make you more robust against injury prevention versus if we say hypertrophy, where we're trying to put a little bit of muscle mass on? Yeah, it's um, a good question. I think I sort of feel personally that there's there's been a big shift towards you mentioned it, Bev, robustness. Um, I don't sort of I don't necessarily agree with 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 the way things are going in that regard. I think um, you know, just just doing a couple of body a couple of sets of bodyweight calves isn't really robustness training. Um, we need strong muscle and tendons. You know, let's just we just got to be strong. Um, and so. In terms of the mix of hypertrophy and strengthening, you know, the injury prevention stuff, like I think it's a matter of weaving them all together, you know. So, you know, because if we think about, oh, lots of front row players strain a calf muscle, um, you know, that calf muscle needs to be strong to withstand the forces in a scrum or the, or the acceleration from the line when you're 140 kilos. But it also needs to be strong to get good stiffness to run quicker or more efficiently. So... So they're all related to performance. So everything we put in a program should be about performance. And and so strong calves and Achilles tendons is all about stiffness to run faster. Yeah. And and if they are strong, then we're going to have less risk of injury. So so I think um we try to integrate all those areas within the within the program so that it's all about performance and that performance comes through size and some people, strength and everyone and speed and power. So um I think the the conjugate type program where we're sort of trying to do everything at the same time is, is sort of our philosophy. Okay. Because that's what I think, uh, looking in from the outside, if I went into a, a rugby player's gym, do you think those that aren't getting the sound advice from a platform like Rugby Ready or a really experienced S&C coaches are maybe doing the same thing across the entire year? Um, so there's no really, dis, you know, we're not being able to distinguish between what is pre-season training and what is in-season training. Is that a fair question to ask? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, I think there'll be some people um, around the world that that probably live in a live in a routine that um, this is what we've done, this is what we always do, and this is what's most important. And that's not necessarily wrong, because um, it would depend on the layers within that program, but. I think preseason versus in competition, you know, there's there's big differences in the needs. Um, first, firstly, in competition, you're trying to peak every Saturday. You know, you're trying yeah. to play your best footy um, on Saturday. So, so that's the first thing. So there is an element of 
of taper every single week. In a pre-season, you know, you're trying to get as many games as you can across the seven days of the week. Yeah. And so whilst there might be some some periodization within the week, you know, easy days, hard days, you know, high volume, low volume days, um, at the end of the day, the pre-season is all about accumulating gains. Um, and then the competition phase should be about maintaining some some of those levels, yep. but being able to perform on Saturday. So there, there, there should be a dramatic difference. Okay. Tyler, tell me a little bit about, imagine I'm a rugby player signing up to the platform and I'm looking for this individualized prescription of strength training. Um, just walk me through what we what I would experience in entering the platform for the first time. Yeah, so right off the hop, we have a really comprehensive intake questionnaire. So we want to get to know about you specifically. You know, what are your goals, short, medium, long term? What's your injury history like? What level are you playing at now? Um, we're really comprehensive in our intake because, of course, that's going to inform our design. Um, and then one thing I learned from Gilly, which I really liked as well, was asking the athletes which types of training and which exercises they enjoy the most and which ones they find a chore. Because if I don't know that about you and then I start putting all this stuff in your program that I think is the right fit for you that you don't like, you're not going to do it and you're not going to buy into the process. So that's something that I really like. Then we'll take them through an assessment period. So if they're in, if they're an in-season athlete, we want to uh, tone back the intensity, but we will, we still want to see how you move under load. So we'll get you to do some heavy back squatting, some heavy bench pressing, some weighted chin-ups. Uh, we might get you to do some testing on the bike. So how many watts can you put out? You know, what are your, what's your peak wattage in, in 10 seconds? Um, barefoot overhead squat. You know, we want to see your full body mobility and stability. And then from there, that's going to help us to inform the the next phase of your training. So, okay, for instance, we've just had a guy in who, you know, he wants to get way stronger. He wants to get way bigger. But when we have him do the the overhead squat test, like his mobility needs a ton of work. So you have to explain that to the athlete. Like, okay, it might feel like we're going to be taking two steps back. But in the long run, you're going to go 10 steps forward because you'll actually be able to squat with way better technique and therefore build strength on top of a strong foundation. So it's it's totally individualized to the, the individual. And just to come back to also what you said earlier, we're really lucky that a lot of our clients are from all around the world. So we get to ask them, like, how have you been training in the past? What are some mistakes you feel like you've been making? And one of the the, the most um, significant ones is for pretty much everyone that's in season they push themselves way too hard during the week and they yeah. keep saying i feel like i'm i'm uh, gassing out every game day yeah so then we'll lay out a plan for them that might seem like it's too little but then sure enough two three four weeks in they go wow my performance every saturday like i feel like i'm just like playing the best rugby i've ever played so that that for us is really like the goal you know, yeah. how do we how do we get you to perform at your best? Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, looking at what you're starting to learn from the cohort of people that are signing up to the Rugby Ready platform. You're getting people all around the world involved, and therefore you're going to get some of the historical sort of training methods from different areas around the world as well. And equally so, you might think then your own sort of uh, personal memory banks where you see some of the common mistakes that you see athletes that you, in your neck of the woods have made. Um, but it's equally interesting to find out where you might see some of these mistakes being made in other rugby populations 
emotions as well. And if we go back to the more holistic approach that I know that um, Gilly takes to all his uh, sports, whether it's for himself or whether it's for the people he's working with, uh, you also provide that information around nutrition, fueling. um, And I would imagine that, you know, rugby players are not immune to this body composition uh, pressures that we see in social media all the time. Um, Gilly, what do you see from an underfueling, poor hydration, wanting to look lean and ripped uh, the entire year? Because I think from the All Blacks all the way down to your club rugby player, it's hard to, uh, to steer clear of that kind of mistake. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bang on. It's something that's been happening for a couple of years with us where um, we know we want to be lean to be more um, effective out in the park. Um, carrying, carrying baggage that doesn't really help us in any way is something that we've been big on. Um, but we have sort of, I suppose, we have realistic targets that come down to the individual, to be fair. Um, and I have seen when we've set targets that are unrealistic, then we do get underfueling. Um, and we get poor, poor performances on game day, um, you know, because, you know, rugby players, most of them love eating. Um, and and so if we're given, you know, if we're setting the bar a bit too high and it's unrealistic for various reasons, then we can can get sort of, you know, training sessions where people are underfueled, so they train poorly or they get tired easily. Um, game days where they're turning up and they've had no carbohydrates because they've been trying to, to lean up and... Um, We've had to get really individual um, in, that, in that space, that's for sure. So, you know, nutrition's interesting, isn't it? Because it's um, it's so, so important. Um, you know, I, I think there's a bit of a ratio that we throw around a little bit here, and that's sort of, you know, 70%, 70% nutrition and 30% your training. And and I think it's no different in, in rugby, that, that we need to fuel the machine and we need to train well, fuel it well, um, recover well to realise adaptations and performance. So, yeah, it, it is a, it is an issue out there, Bev, that's for sure. And if people just learnt a little bit more and tried to figure out what works for them, then that's what we sort of try to advo- uh, provide advice on. Yeah. Did you guys attempt to do the nutrition component yourself before partnering with Hexus? Because I'm sure uh, there was something in your thinking in and around how important it was, but the seamless integration of the Hexus platform into what you're doing, it sort of solves the problem for you, doesn't it, Tyler? It does. And so, like, and you're right. Like, basically, what we had started off with was taking, you know, combined knowledge, putting them into ebooks so that the common questions we get, we could say, Hey, did you read the ebooks that are included in your membership? If not, start there and then send through your questions. Um, and th- so we basically mapped it out for them. But I think, you know, I'm no different. I like things to be as simple as possible and as easy as possible. So having the ability to use Hexus rather than, okay, I'm going to read this ebook. Then I got to learn how to use something like MyFitnessPal. Then I got to, you know, there's this yeah. huge learning curve. Yep. So from our side, that's just been a huge help. And, you know, with the with fueling, I think that's also something that we work really hard on to communicate with our athletes about, which is self-confidence. So if you're, you know, if you're stuck on Instagram and you're looking at fitness models, you know, OK, maybe to boost your self-confidence, go and race that guy in a, in a Bronco. You crush him. Yeah. Right. Like focus on your performance. And let that be sort of the bedrock of your self-confidence and not necessarily your body fat percentage. And that yep. 
being able to, I guess, quantify that and show them, look, actually, when you eat 3000 calories, which might seem like a lot to you or feel like a scary number, your performance is like 30% better rather than when you're under fueling. And the yeah. hexis just just um, reaffirms that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've talked about nutrition, strength and conditioning. What about cardio? Um, where does the platform sit in terms of helping athletes understand the endurance component of being a, a rugby player? Um, Gilly, how much uh, do we see the education piece in and around understanding the balance between, you know, we obviously need to be strong and powerful, but if we gas out within the first 15 or 20 minutes, we're no good to anyone. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's massive. Like, like, like I think... Um... You know, lots of players I've worked with in the in, in the past have um, not necessarily been the quickest or the or, or the most powerful athletes, but they've been able to go the full eighty minutes when everyone else is slowing down. So conditioning is massively important. Um, you can be big and strong, but if you can't repeat tasks over eighty minutes, then you know you're sort of going to get shown up pretty quickly out on the rugby field. So it's hugely important. You know, most most professional rugby players would cover. 20 to 30 kilometers um, in a week, depending on the position. And, you know, that's four or five kilometers of high intensity running within that. So you need to be able to do that, you know, and it's it's the fact that it's the condition so important because the tasks that you have to fulfill on the game are maximal efforts. And, and they're not necessarily running efforts, but you need to recover quickly between these efforts, you know. So if you're scrummaging or you're lifting in a lineup or you're hitting rucks, um, you can't just sort of arrive at the ruck and just sort of lean in. Yeah, You need to be arriving at the ruck and getting rid of people. So there's an explosive effort, and those explosive efforts tax you. And so, you know, the fitter we are, the more efforts we can put in and the quicker we recover between them, and therefore the more effective you are. And, you know, rugby is all about being effective in the contact area. If, you, if you're effective and you dominate the collision, um, then you're on the front foot and the game is so much easier. So, um, you know, the conditioning element's massive in our programs. Um, you know, I, I come from a triathlon background and and so I, I love I love players I work with to be super fit because um, it's not hard to achieve. Um, you know, if you've got nutrition good and you've got the right, right amount of high intensity doses in there and the right amount of easy running in there then it's not difficult um you just need to realize you're trying to get through 80 minutes so um it's massively important you talk about high intensity uh in the game but also high intensity endurance training as well um it's not easy to plan this into your training week really because of the concurrent effect you know uh we're looking at where do we place strategic strength sessions versus our high intensity cardio sessions uh you know that's not an easy thing to work out. Um, is that a mistake that you've seen in other people's programs really over, over the years where maybe they've blended stuff too close together in terms of their quality sessions? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's, um, it's sort of a, it's sort of the world we live in now. It's, um, it's, it's high intensity, um, almost daily, uh, in our environment. That's for sure. Like, um, and, and but it's different you know the intensity is different whether that's high intensity in the gym and a strength focus or it's high intensity in the training um and, and some of that intensity is either either collision based or it's running based so so i think getting the balance right is key um 
and and the long the long easy stuff you know typically does happen in a rugby training and so you know the aerobic components very rarely need to be uh, increased unless you're extremely unfit yourself and not getting what you need in a team session so um yeah that that jigsaw puzzle of the seven days within a within the competition season is 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 vital to get right and as tyler said you know a lot of people do too much in the back end of the week and aren't fresh for the game and they can't express themselves um like they should be able to so so that's really important to get the balance right and then in the pre-season you know if you get the balance wrong um then that's where injuries come you know sickness come so you know you do need to get the balance right in pre-season because everyone thinks more is better yeah um but more is not better because you end up in a big hole and you're injured because then you've lost your pre-season and yep. you start the season on the back foot and so it's really important to get that balance right um, in both parts of the year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Tyler, from a, you know, rugby-ready perspective, where do you find space to include time for skill training? Because we've talked about getting the athlete really fit uh, and really strong, but, you know, equally so, we've got to catch and pass. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good question. So when we do our intake, we always ask, um, how basically how many hours a day can you train? Because yep. we don't want to just take over all that time, yep. right? Um, so we'll ask, you know, what what does your practice schedule look like? Okay, if you're playing club um, and you're kind of just playing for fun, you're going to be practicing twice a week. If if you can show up to that second practice, and you're going to be playing once a week, so we know that you're you're getting sort of your three trainings in. But for for the men and women that are looking to take it more seriously, we'll encourage them to have skill blocks, um, you know, take a rugby ball with you to the gym. If you have a training buddy, you know, if, say if you're doing a heavy lift, right, where you have a, you know, three to five minute rest period, utilize that time, practice some skills, practice some handling. Um, and it doesn't have to be complex, right? Like it can be just five, 10, 15 minutes a day, but that's going to compound over the course of the week. Um, and that'll also be based on the athlete too. Like when, when we get them to do their weekly reviews, we always ask, you know, what went well through the week for you? What were your wins? What are your work ons? And that's not just in the gym or, or with your conditioning, like specifically with your rugby, because if, if someone says, oh, you know, like my box kicks went well, my accelerations needed some work and, and my passing wasn't so good. Well, then we know, OK, you need to when you go to your practice, you need to speak to your coach to get some specific drills to work on that and be proactive yourself. Certainly. I mean, look, <laughs> skill-based training and fitting it all in and making the most of your available training time is a really sensible way to do it. And I'm not sure that all the pl uh, players out there where, when they're in the gym have thought about actually having a ball with them, um, you know, doing something with that rest in between sets. It's, a, it's an important uh, note for people listening to this podcast to think, you know, let's maximize our time because we're all time poor nowadays, aren't we? Yeah. And, you know, if you think about, you know, when you, when you watch, like I'm a bit of a bit of an observer, right? So when I go into the gym, you know, you'll watch what people do in between sets and sure enough, they're texting, they're on Instagram and it's like, <laughs> so you're not focused at all. And then your, your two minute rest is now a five minute rest. So just, you know, put your phone on, do not disturb and get down to business. You know, I, for me, I'm a bit of a psycho. Like I use my watch. I have a timer. As soon as it says your rest is done. Okay. It's go time. Now it's yeah. my rest time. And then you just be, you know, be structured with your time. Yeah. Well, I'll ask Gilly this. Uh, are the all blacks on their phones in between um, sets and reps, mate? 
Um, sometimes because their program's on their phone. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a, COVID came along. Up until COVID, I was a very much a paper programmer and um, loved my bits of paper and, and love doing the adjustments on the fly. And, and um, I was a very reluctant to go to an online platform, to be fair, because um, I didn't want the athletes on their phones in the gym. But um, it's been three years now and, um, you know, the program's on their phone and it's a fantastic way for us to adjust um, daily what we have in their plan um, because it's all, it's all online. So yes, they're on their phone, but none of them are on Instagram. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, in your own world, Gilly, what are the, some of the recovery modalities that you see as you know evidence based and that are really, really worth using? Are we using ice baths? Are we stretching, massage, you know, theraguns? What in your world? I know you've uh, talked a lot with Shona Halston, who who I've interacted with as well, who's a real guru in that space in terms of recovery. What do you see as the the you know, the hierarchy of importance in terms of recovery outside sleep and nutrition, because we know that that starts there. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, sleep and nutrition, number one. Um, for us, massage is really important. So good good soft tissue massage, um, uh, we believe, is, is vital to maintain a healthy body. Um, so that's, that's really good. Um, I also believe in, in lots of water exposure. Um, so whether that's hot or cold or contrast or ice, um, we use water every day, depending on the type of session we're trying to recover from or what we're trying to recover for. And so, um, you know, what we do each day from a recovery perspective is different based on the sessions that we've just done or what we're going to do the next day. Um, you know, stretching, trigger point, three guns, um, are very much um, a useful modality. Um, to you know, I suppose relieve some 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 tension, some tissues, some knots, um, increase range, um, all those sorts of things is is all about that self that self maintenance um, that you're doing yourself. And for example, you know you've got tight hips and adductors, and you're a kicker. Um, you know we need to strengthen those areas, and we also need to keep them long or lengthen those areas. So strong and long is important. Um, and so coming up with the, the the areas that each individual needs to focus on is pretty important. Um, and I suppose that's that's sort of the, the, the big ones. Um, you know, there's still a lot of, you know, if you look at the literature, um, you know, we, you know, I'm always always trying to ensure that what we're doing is the best based on what's out there from a science perspective. And, you know, there's not a lot of science that's really supportive of uh, ice baths, for example, um, the literature is very mixed. Some some studies have shown great benefit. Some show shown little benefit. Um, there's some studies that have shown that that ice exposure following strength training is bad. Um, and and so I think putting it like periodizing your recovery is what we do. We we ensure that every day's recovery is different for different reasons. But but I know that um, in rugby players love to get in cold water because it's they feel so much better after doing that when they've been beating each other up yeah and so anecdotally it's very powerful albeit the literature isn't that supportive so a little bit of anecdotal support there and 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 obviously a bit of science as well yeah 
have you found in your own experience and also now that you've got people interacting via the Rugby Ready platform that they're asking a lot about supplements in terms of training for and recovering from? Um, is that something that you're being hammered with every single day, Gilly? Are people saying supplement, supplement, supplement? I think um, probably less now than it used to be. Um, you know, I think that there's been enough scares and enough um, – discussion that that supplements are exactly that you should only be putting stuff in your body in pill or powder form that you don't can't get in naturally um so so we have a good supplement program in the all blacks but it's very much a needs-based philosophy um or a a performance impact philosophy where you know if we're a bit jaded and we need to get a really good strength session done then we might have a pre a pre-workout hit um, to try and get the intensity we need because we know we've got a day off. Um, likewise, we may have someone that we're trying to get more protein into because we're trying to build lean mass. So we might have a powdered a powdered protein hit once, twice, three times a day just to ensure that person's getting the, the nutrients they need. Um, you know, traveling long haul, for example, you know, it took us 33 hours to get to Argentina um, in the weekend, um, you know, and a nine-hour time shift. Um so, you know, getting getting some mega dose of vitamin C and getting hydration uh, tablets, et cetera, to try and maintain a good body while we're in that that travel time is, is pretty important. So I think really the the Hexus the Hexus sort of program is providing really good knowledge and education to athletes that let's try and go real food first um, and before we hit supplements. Okay. Tyler, and within the Rugby Ready program as well, as we're monitoring people's progress through the season, um, especially in the preseason into in-season as well, how typically do we measure training load within the program? Um, you know, there's plenty of different ways out there, different platforms that are trying to help us understand training load as such. But what are some of the metrics that are important to you guys at Rugby Ready? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's it's totally individual to the athlete because some can train at a high intensity for weeks on end and they're still responding and performing well, whereas others, you know, every fourth week they need an easier week. So it's going to be totally dependent upon the individual and how they're responding to their training. But we look for comments, especially. So, you know, okay, we've planned this four week block for you. And I noticed that every Monday, you know, you maybe have, uh, you know, a niggle in your knee or your back when you're squatting. So we got to look at that. What's happening there. Why is that happening? Do we need to reassess your mobility? Uh, what's your warm up looking like? You know, so we really try to dig into what's happening and why. Um, and that informs our individualization because, yeah, like I said, everybody just responds so differently to you know, a training program. Yeah. Okay. Well, if someone was in their preseason at the moment and thinking, hey, we've listened to this podcast, rugby ready's for us, uh, you know. Gilly, do you have sort of some real key take-homes that people should be thinking about critically when they're considering that preseason and how rugby ready could help them improve? Are there sort of one or two key points that has always stuck in your mind that you now see rugby ready actually solving problems for athletes out there? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, if, if, if people don't have a structured program that's progressive, um, then you're just opening up yourself to risk of injury. So I think the main thing that people get wrong is is the progression isn't isn't planned. You know, we 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 don't want to run before we walk. So most pre-seasons should just be about 
you know, accumulation of stress with some unload so the body can really um, adapt. Um, and then we accumulate load again and then we, we, we unload. And, and I think that progression of load and intensity is really, really important. Um, so I think, you know, it's a progression of volume of work, but also intensity of work. Um, we know we want to, you know, maybe in the last four weeks of the preseason be really humming and be at a really good load, knowing that we're getting the best money in the bank we can, and then we button off before we hit the competition. Um, but we don't, we can't, we can't do three months of that. We need to progress to that. So that's probably the the most important thing, um, you know, because every time we're injured, um, we aren't able to practice the skills which we mentioned earlier that make us a better rugby player. And and I think that you know philosophy I have is is it's really easy to sweat. It's really easy to work hard. It's far far more difficult to improve your skills, and and so that's where um, you know progressing your volume and intensity in the preseason alongside some skill development is massively important because the fittest athlete in rugby union is not the best player on the park, and and so that's what we always have to bear in mind that we're trying to improve our skill set and our physical ability, but the skill set will be what shines through in the performance. Um, so long as you've got the physical ability to sustain performance over 80 minutes, it's going to be decision-making and execution of, of your skill under fatigue, under pressure, that really makes you a great player. So that's probably what people need is, you know, inclusion of some skill and a progressive um, loading and intensity build. Okay. And even though he confessed this himself, he was a dinosaur prior to COVID and on his paper programs, and the world has moved on, hasn't it, Tyler? Uh, the, the, David Dunn from Hexus and I refer to this as the hyper-practitioner. Uh, in the world of technology nowadays, we can make more informed decisions more quickly. Um, the All Blacks have been allowed their phones because it shows that they can you know, upload that information for the coach to be able to make changes if needed straight away. The world of online coaching has changed significantly and COVID accelerated that for us. So from a, a coaching online perspective, uh, the, the, the world's an oyster for athletes nowadays. There's so much information out there, but it really has proved to be beneficial for coaches, hasn't it? It has. And I would say equally for coaches and athletes. And it also has brought, you know, say someone like Gilly out into yeah. the world. Um, you know, so now <laughs> as, as an athlete, you know, like, um, I, cause I, the irony in it all is I remember, um, you know, I was training for a half marathon and I'm a, I'm a huge rugby nut and a major fan of the all blacks. And I found Gilly's website, nickgill.com. And I thought, oh man, how good would it be to work with this guy? And this would have been like years ago. And I just didn't pull the trigger on a plan. I probably didn't have the money to be honest. Um, and and now like now <laughs> now now as an athlete like you can you know you can really be um, particular about who it is you work with and if you're not getting a great experience then it's not you know it's not hard to go off and search for okay who who is it out there that's the best in in what it is that I want to do that I can that I can work with which to be fair that's what I think we do really well yeah well. Are you breaking ground? I mean, I'm, you know, look, I'm not coming from this from a rugby perspective, but where is a platform as mature as rugby ready? Uh, where is your competition? I think you guys are market leaders for sure. 
Yeah, like we, I mean, I don't know if I want to give uh, shout outs to our competitors, but we're, you know, there's not many of us in the space and we're growing really, really fast. Um, people are, people are learning about who we are. You know, our Instagrams, basically we grow by 50 to hundred followers a day, getting loads of messages. Um, you know, my wife, Katie, Katie, um, gets a little bit crazy because of how much I'm on my phone responding to people. But for us, it's great. Um, you know, we feel like we're really paving the way for, uh, individualization for rugby players, but then also not losing sight of the fact that, you know, not everyone can afford, you know, two to $500 a month for one-on-one -on -one coaching. So we've also offered really affordable memberships to account for that as well, to make sure that the whole rugby market has access to top level training. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that Rugby Reading's been able to bring Dr. Nick Gill to the world. Um, so for those people that, that don't know uh, as much about uh, Nick as, as what we do, uh, just to finish off, you know, you've got a massive year uh, ahead of you. You're in Argentina at the moment, but you're heading towards a World Cup. Um, you know, I, tell the listeners how many World Cups that actually means for you as a, as a, as a strength and conditioning coach and, and how, how, Pressure cooked is this next uh, six six to eight months for you? Yeah, well, I'm losing my hair. That's why I'm that's why I'm wearing a cap. You see, so that's how much stress I'm, I'm feeling. Um, but no, uh, it'll be my fourth World Cup, I think. Yeah, four, and um, yeah, it's actually really exciting to be fair, Bev. Um, you know, the the boy we've only been together for we've been together for eight days now. Um, Feels like we've been together for two months. Um, it's been a really good sort of build so far. Um, Argentina team are going to be tough on the weekend. Then we have to travel 30 hours to get home. And then the Springboks are waiting for us in Auckland. So um, she's, a, she's a bit of a, uh, it's going to be a tough lead into the World Cup. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just awesome. The, the environment's amazing and, and we're working as hard as we can to be the best we can. And um, you've been part of that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, she's a lot of pressure and a lot of work and a lot of late nights. And, and, and I, I, whilst I recommend lots of sleep, I'm not getting that much. So, um, but I don't have to perform on Saturday, so that's okay. Okay, mate. Well, you just keep yourself fit and we'll see you back in New Zealand in the, in the summer sometime. And in the meantime, Tyler, awesome to meet you and catch up for the first time. And thanks for spending some time to let us understand a little bit more about the platform and, um, go well. Awesome, Bev. Thanks so much thanks, for having Bev. us. Appreciate it. Special thanks goes out to our host, Bev, who also owns and operates fitter.co.nz, which is where you can go to get one-on-one -on -one coaching for your next triathlon. We'd also like to give a massive thanks to our show sponsor, Hexus. Go to hexus.live and use the code RUGBYREADY at checkout to save 20% off your first three-month subscription of fully customized nutrition coaching based on your individual needs. We'll see you next time.